Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. A quick note before the show begins. The audio from these podcasts mostly come from live video YouTube streams on my channel. They may vary in quality from show to show and reference visual content not described to you, the listener. I'm sorry about that. If you prefer video to go with this audio, head over to youtube.com backslash from us, F-R-U-M-E-S-S for the whole enchilada. Who doesn't like a whole enchilada anyway? Beat on the brat, beat on the brat, beat on the brat with a baseball bat. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. That's how the song goes. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh. I said, oh, beat on the brat. Beat on the brat. Beat on the brat. With a baseball bat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Hey, guys. What's going on? What's wrong with my hair? My sideburn hair. It's looking all weird. Welcome to tonight's show. We are going back to the well that is the Ramones and the Pistols to discuss some very important matters. I already see we have some comments but we'll we'll save them we'll save them for a little bit later i'm gonna launch into this how was everybody's weekend i hope you had a a good weekend i had a i had a good weekend it was okay i i was inside the house all day though which kind of wasn't great i hate it when i don't get out of the house it's not fun it's not fun um oh what am i talking about my weekend was radical actually completely forgot so yesterday i i interviewed this dude this photographer dude we're going to talk we're going to talk more about him on wednesday awesome guy though um this guy kevin that was a lot of fun uh, what's going on droid yeah it's cool it's cool um but you know one of the many sort of facets we discuss here on the channel we try and go into a lot of different things you know, outside of the the Misfits, Sam Hain, Danzig paradigm. Um, but one of those is beefs. We talk about beef as uh, Nicholas Cage in a score to settle. If you haven't seen that one on Direct TV, you got it, or whatever Direct Video got it. Beef, beef. Um, what's going on, Parmy? How you doing? Um, <laughs> beef. You don't know beef. Yeah, we're talking about beef. Tonight, we're talking about Pistols Ramones beef, okay? Some of you guys may remember this in the pre-pandemic times. What's going on, Amy? Some of you may remember this in the uh, the, the, the pre-pandemic times, this uh, th- this insane controversial situation. So, let's, where should we start? I'm trying to think of how to start. Where do we start? We got to start, hey, what's going on? We got Walter White down down under in New Zealand. For him, it's summer. For us, it's winter. For him, it's summer. And um, yeah, so Epics, the uh, I, don't, I don't the movie channel, premium channel, whatever you want to call it, Epics put out a four punk four part punk documentary. Okay, it was it was a really cool sort of mini series documentary produced by oh my god, John Vervardos, Vervados, Vervar. Something. What the hell is his name? I, I have it here in the in the um, 
in the comment in the description box i have his name the dude who the the, the clothing dude who ran cbgb's after cbgb's closed down he opened up his clothing store and i'm i'm very um i'm very sort of conflicted what's going on mr black i'm very conflicted about you know his his fashion shop because on one hand i think it's kind of lame that like you know there's a clothing store there now but you know when you think about the fact that there's so many like landmark places that shut down and then they become a starbucks it's kind of lame so it's kind of cool that this guy who knows something about punk or punk music or involved in some way shape or form felt uh, a, enough synergy and had enough integrity to try and preserve some of the history recognizing that it's a landmark even though and obviously you know folding it into the brand and folding it into a a, a hook to get people foot traffic into a store but just having like the the good grace to sort of preserve some of the stuff on the walls and sort of uh, keep the vibe i think is is way cooler than say just what if what if Although I guess it would be more ironic if CBG just became a Starbucks, right? But um, no, I have I have some respect there for that guy, and he was one of the producers along with Iggy Pop on this punk documentary for Epics, right? That's what we're that's why we're I'm bringing him up. We'll just call him John because John V because I can't pronounce his last name, and I'm not going to Google it to look it up. But basically, there was a there was a Q and A. And of course, anything that has to do with a punk documentary, you can't have a punk documentary unless you have Henry Rollins from Black Flag, because he's like the quintessential punk rock face that everybody who knows punk rock and doesn't know punk rock, you know, uh, you know, they recognize him. He's recognizable sort of I hate to say it, but he's almost like a punk brand in a way, uh, a sign of a, a sign of um, he's like the Dave Grohl of punk of punk documentaries um nothing against dave grohl i love dave grohl but you know how like dave grohl kind of like pops his head in everything and like has done everything it's like that's henry rollins just sort of pops in and you know gives his two cents and henry rollins is a, a brilliant sort of uh what do i he's so well spoken and well educated in this stuff and so steeped in it he just knows he is such like a, a, a critical ear and just has all these wonderful opinions and just is so well versed on this stuff that it's it's wonderful to hear him speak about it. So, you know, you always have to have Henry Rollins there. Right. Um, the other part of this, I don't know if I mentioned it was a Q&A. They're doing a Q&A after the premiere of this punk thing. They got some guy moderating and then they have Duff McKeegan from Guns N' Roses. So before duff was in guns and roses he comes from a punk background i don't remember the name of his band but i guess he comes from the pacific northwest um you know so seattle or something and and duff was in a punk band and then you know when guns and roses when guns and roses became big they covered attitude by the misfits and it's that's duff singing so you know to a much lesser extent duff is definitely duff is definitely plays a small part in helping along with metallica to bring the misfits um to a wider audience right a, a much less much less sort of um much less than whatchamacallit yeah thank you john says that duff was in the farts with a z farts with a z everybody 
So, and then you had John V, the, the CBGB's guys, the, the 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 producer, and you have Marky Ramone, and then you have um, oh my God, the uh, uh, one of the one of the women from L Seven. I don't know L Seven very well. I guess they're a Riot Girl band, kind of. So she's representing like the Riot Girl sort of side of things, and she kind of gets pushed out of the conversation. If you haven't seen this, you should really not listen to this this stream because you should just watch the video. We're going to we're going to do it with commentary so you can hear it now. But if you want to just hear it uninterrupted, go search Johnny Rotten versus Mark Ramone 2019. However, if you have if you are familiar with this fight, you should totally just hang out here with me and we're, we'll we'll take we'll take it apart together because that's what we do. What's her name of uh, the singer of L7? So I actually know. And if somebody could get me the name of, of John V, what's his last name? So I can try my best to pronunciate it so we don't confuse him with Johnny Rotten. We can call him John and another guy, Johnny. So you got five, uh, you got six. Oh, and then, of course, you got Johnny Rotten, right? Of the Pistols. Thank you. It's uh, d thank you, Ron of the Sea. It's Donita, Donita Sparks. Okay. So, and then you, of course, you got you know rotten of the sexual so you have a ramon you have a pistol you got the guy from black flag up there and then again like yeah i know duff kind of led lends some credibility but i don't think of him as a punk rocker i really don't I, I don't i think of him as the guy from guns and roses um this episode by the way is sponsored by riotstickers.com we're powered by riotstickers.com we have a special promo code going on you can see that right there in the little ticker tape below there it is 50% off code, 50% uh, off with the code from us. And you can check out the link down in the description. But besides being sponsored by riotstickers.com, that's that's really who's partially bringing you this episode. I also like to let you know that tonight's um, tonight's drink of choice were, were fake sponsored by AHA Seltzer. This is just a longstanding tradition on this channel. And by longstanding, I mean, I've only been doing this for about a year and a half. Actually, March will make two years. How about that? This is a peach honey flavor. I uh, really like it a lot. AHA does some really great fusion seltzes, and I like them a lot. Um, Jody says, wearing my black Carhartt sweatshirt. Good taste. That's right. I'm wearing a Carhartt hat that's really disgusting because yeah, weenie, <laughs> weenie sparks. Oh, or L7 weenie, like... um. What's his face from uh, Breakfast Club? Judd Nelson, who, by the way, when I was thinner and had long hair every single day of my life, people told me that I looked like uh, Judd Nelson from Breakfast Club. They go, yo, Bender from the Breakfast Club didn't help that I had a leather jacket, even though Bender doesn't wear a leather jacket. It was just, the, you know, I always had some red flannel on. It was just the whole vibe. I was Bender from the Breakfast Club. If you go watch the Breakfast Club, you may see the connection there. Um but yeah, Carhartt, my brother got me this Carhartt hat and it's really gross and I need to get a new one and I don't want to buy one. So I was like, he has like a thousand of them. And I just am like, Steve, just send me another hat. Like, just come on. Some of you met my brother. He's somewhere on this channel. We we wrote a song together, actually. We go, oh my God. Where's Rue Morgue? Where's, uh, oh God, we're getting hit. Where's, um, you know what? Where is John? Hold on. We got to hold on, guys. We got to deal with this or else the comment section is just never going to end. Um, let's let's stall 
for one second longer before we dive into that. Oh, I'm just going to keep talking about the thing. So there's a Q&A that's going on. I'm just giving you the setup here for what's happening, right? There is, um, you, you have... You have these guys uh, all talking and they're talking about punk rock. It's basically it's kind of like a powder keg when you think about it. it that's what it is. It's it's a powder keg. You have you have friggin um, you have two guys from two bands that are incredibly Amy and John of Doom. I just made you both moderators. So if you could take care of that bot in the comments um just leaving these ridiculous messages it would be really really helpful if one of you could take care of that i don't know if either one of you are still here but if you are please so in any case you you have a powder keg situation not only is it a documentary about punk but there is a lot of contention you know in terms of you know the origins of punk where did punk start did punk start in britain did punk start in new york it started in new york but I mean, not really, but like the, the movement, the, the first movement was New York, man. I mean, that was the OG original sort of situation, like the the proto proto punk, the stuff that was before punk. No, maybe not. Unless, you, if, unless we're talking about New York Dolls and the Velvet Underground. But, you know, the, the roots of punk really are very, you know, there's a lot of New York there and, and, and Britain, too. But Britain came afterwards. Right. Britain came afterwards. So. Um, so of course you're going to have the two guys from the two bands going at each other's throats. You got Johnny Rotten being Johnny Rotten and you have Marky Ramon sort of just being like, look, you know, the Ramones were, the Ramones were there before you were there. And, and then you also have the, what's going to call it? You have the, uh, uh, you have the rivalry. There's like a little bit of a rivalry there. And, you know, again, don't forget that Johnny Rotten uh, once uh, imbibed um, piss from Johnny Ramone because those guys like to, you know, take a tinkle in beer bottles and hand them to people. So Johnny Rotten was once at the butt of a Ramones joke before Marky was even in the band. You could just, you know, there's definitely some, <laughs> there's some stuff there. There's a little bit of stuff there. And um, in any case, you see it, you see, we're, we're just going to watch this explosion. That's basically what we're going to see. We're going to see an explosion of these guys go at it. You're going to see Henry Rollins. Uh, Henry Rollins' face is priceless, man. We're, we're, it's just so priceless. And again, I, I don't really want to say any more than that. Like, I'll just let the, the video does the talking, you know. Uh, we'll, we'll, of course, of course, I can't keep my big mouth shut, so we'll we'll chime in. But let's let's just watch it. And I really wanted to do. We kind of I kind of talked about this with Robbie Bloodshed once on on the show. But I was like, I felt like we didn't do it justice. And I was like, I'm gonna just come on here and just do do this. By the way, David Lee's bringing up Marky Sauce. I bought. I have a I have a thing of Marky Sauce. I interviewed Marky once, and I have a bottle of his pasta sauce. Or I did, and I love the label. It says drumsticks not included in the sauce. Really funny. As you know, the sauce is the boss. So without further ado, let's uh, let's launch into this. I hope you'll be able to hear. Um, you'll be able to hear the dialogue. I'll try not to talk over the video. I'll just pause it when when I when I need to. Mm. OK, hello, hello. Let's let's do this. So we're going to show this on the stream. Here it is. 
and maybe I don't know. Let's just let's just play it. Let's play it and see what happens, and we'll we'll get into the the comments in a little bit. By the way, I don't know if either Amy or John of Doom took care of that uh, bot, but either one of you, thank you, because it stopped, and I appreciate it. Um. <clears throat> all right, I'm pressing play. Bands that were doing the best we could according to our individual determinologies. Uh, occasionally, we met as friends, or you know, on tour. <laughs> But let me tell you, that was probably where we became major enemies too. <laughs> because it's like that. Fuck you. Okay, so real quick, I, I, you know, I don't know if this is the, the whole, this isn't the whole Q&A. This is just cutting in, which I'm a little annoyed about. I guess maybe I might have picked the wrong video. Um, I really wanted to get the, the lead in with what they're talking about. By the way, the misfits are represented here. As the Q&A guy, he's wearing a Who Killed Marilyn shirt, you know. Um, but, yeah, that kind of bums me out. Why Why do we not have, you know, before we dive into this, this is really annoying. I thought I had the full thing. You know, 24 minutes. There's. I thought there was, you know me, guys. I'm, like, I'm a completionist. It has, has to be the complete thing. Um, let's see here. Let's just Let's just check one other thing before we. Launch in Johnny Rotten, Mark Ramon fight. I don't. I think that might be the longest, twenty four minutes, one twenty two. Yeah, that's probably. I guess that's probably it. Let's see if we can find Punk uh, Q Q and A Q and A um, twenty nineteen. Damn, that's really frustrating. This took place in New York City, I believe. I believe in the thing called love. No, man. All right, whatever. Whatever it is, what it is, and that's all that it is. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right, so Johnny Rotten is so drunk right now. Um, really drunk, and yeah. Rock and roll is a disgusting concept. <laughs> what we wanted was, was to break away from that and be good fucking fellas with each other. It never happened like yeah, look at Rollins just he's he's just getting such a kick out of the 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 um the car accident that he is witnessing, right? That's what it is. And he's just, you know, Johnny Rotten is doing the Johnny Rotten thing. He's hogging the spotlight and just sort of making a, a somewhat of a mockery of the of of what should be just a sort of a run of the mill Q&A. But how could it be run of the mill, you know, with Johnny Rotten there amongst other people so let's see what happens that boys and girls it really didn't it became so competitive and, and lost in its own fucking bullshit but hello punk all right where's that term come from I'll tell you, it wasn't when Iggy was running around. It was uh, uh, Caroline Kuhn. Now, the one thing that the Ramones and the Sex Pistols have in common, part of like, you know, when you retroactively trace the roots of the punk rock tree, there's two things they have in common. One, the New York Dolls. Malcolm McLaren, you know, Malcolm McLaren um, managed a later version of the dolls and you know all those dudes went to see the dolls play the ramones would go to see the dolls play at mercer arts center 
I believe What's-His-Face even tried out for the dolls at one time. Um, I think Dee Dee might have tried out for the dolls. I don't know playing what, but I believe he tried out for the New York Dolls. So there's that. And then the other thing, too, is that they were both fans of the Stooges. The The Ramones were were really into the Iggy and the Stooges. And so were the Pistols, uh, with the Pistols even covering, uh, as we all know, they're covering um, uh, No Fun. Covering No Fun. And you have John, uh, Joey Ramone covering 1969 on his solo album before he passed away put this expression together and it was a complete insult right in melody maker a british magazine she had the audacity to call me king of the punks and i bothered to find out what that meant well hello i'm john i ain't no fuckers toy boy all right what he's basically saying is before punk was known as a musical genre a punk was a very pejorative word it was a very negative thing to be a punk i mean even when punk was punk it was still a negative thing to be a punk rocker but punk was basically and if you read the the book uh pkm i'm gonna leave those leave that initialed um because of youtube pkm by legs mcneil and jillian um what's her name jillian jillian mccain have the book here yeah have the book right here they said you know legs claims that he coined the word punk right in in the in the sense of 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 a, of a genre of music when he was writing punk magazine along with uh john holstrom he was the resident punk but but uh you know the idea of a punk is a guy in you know a guy in jail as as Johnny Rotten, you know, sort of, you know, ungraciously procl uh, proclaims right here, you know, uh, being someone's boy toy. It's someone who is on the receiving end of a um, a physical tryst, uh, not necessarily by choice, sometimes by choice, not necessarily by choice. Usually you hear about in prison. So I think you can kind of put together what I'm saying there in a, what I'm trying to say in a really polite sort of way. Um, David Johansson is not still fronting the New York Dolls. The, the New York Dolls are, are, are no more. They really I mean, they they had been done, but now they're really done without Sylvain. Sylvain passed away. So it's it's done. I mean, it's really done. I love that new version of the Dolls, by the way. All right. Let's 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 play on here. And that was punk. And at the same time, you've got um, reggae running around it, Rastafari and Nazi Dread. Just making and a complete Marley's ass out of himself. With Nazi Dread. That was a complete insult to him. But he turned it upside down. And that's what we did too. Yeah, fucking side. Absolutely. So, I mean, the thing here is, too. Johnny Rotten is sort of a revered figure even right there on that stage. Like Duff, Duff and Henry both, and, and I think Henry, if we didn't pass that part, I'd be really annoyed if we did. I mean, Henry Rollins, like, you know, uh, revered the Sex Pistols. So did Duff McKeegan, you know? And and even, um, what's her face from L7? Oh, God, what's her name? 
They all did. Maybe not maybe not Marky Ramon because he was he was firmly in it himself. He played for the uh, Wayne County and the Backstreet Boys. He played for Richard Hell and the Voidoids, as you're going to hear. And he was in a band called Dust before he joined the Ramones in 78, which is, you know, one year after the, the Pistols have, have have disbanded. So I don't think, you know, I, I don't really think that, you know, Marky has the same sort of uh, reverence for Johnny Rotten the way that Henry Rollins and Duff do. And that's why I look at Henry Rollins just like just so just so amused by what he is seeing um, right now. Oh. One thing I was wondering, John John Varvatos, uh, you know, you made the. Th- That's his name, John Varvatos. Thank you, thank you, moderator guy with the Who Killed Marilyn shirt. So many different opinions in here, uh, like John's here. Uh, what what did you learn about punk from uh, from from working on this? What did I learn? About? Sid Vicious. Not Are you Thalia? Look, look, look to your left. He's talking to me. I'm talking, I'm talking to your pal from your, on the left, right there, right behind you. Oi, fella next year, can you tell him? <laughs> Henry, Henry's here. Henry! <laughs> okay, this is great. This is great. because Oh, my God, this is awesome. I, I forgot about this part. So, first of all, yes, guys, we're going to pause and, and play a lot. So, just get used to it. If you're annoyed by this, I'm sorry. It's just the way that we roll here. Um, Henry Rollins. Okay, first of all, Pure Hell opened for Sid Vicious. Um, not I've seen Pure How Live. They they were still playing about ten years ago, twelve years ago. They were still playing in New York, and I I caught I caught their set once. Um, it's funny they were kind of really truly the first black punk band. Kind of you know again not to go on a whole tangent, but you know talking about revisionist history or you know just a sort of like idea of like who invented punk and you know Death the band Death gets a lot of retroactive credit and again i don't want to take away anything from death but it really kind of annoys me that pure hell who really was like the first black punk band even before the bad brains were on the scene they were the the, they were the first you know black guys doing that sort of thing and um they have been kind of left behind you know um yes jody you're right you can already see marky is just waiting to jump in and now uh, let's just take this back a second because look at what henry look at henry's just watch for henry's facial expressions here and again if you're listening to this in podcast one because you can because we are on spotify and apple Podcasts and all that as well these streams get turned into podcasts i'm sorry you're not gonna be able to see what we are seeing but i'll try my best to describe it Henry Rollins has this face of uh, that goes from amusement to like recognizing that he's going to have to confront John Johnny Rotten about some of the uh, not so nice things that he said about Black Flag when he was in uh, Public Image Limited at at one time. So let's just take it back. We're going to see his face. Look, he's he's amused here, and then Johnny Rotten is going to be like, "Hey, hey Henry," as we heard. Hold on, ready? Look, look, look to your left. He's talking to me. I'm talking, I'm talking to your pal from your, on the left, right there, right behind you. Because does Johnny Rotten's just any question that's for anybody else? Johnny Rotten is is weighing in on, and the guy's going, "No, no, no, I'm talking to Henry here." And now it's yeah. Oi, fella next year, can you tell him? <laughs> look, look at Henry. He's like, oh, I. He's like, the camera's on me. I can go about this in two different ways. I can either confront Johnny Rotten right now, or I could just, 
you know, uh, bite my lip and play it, play it real cool. And he does what he does and he does it. I think maybe if the camera wasn't there, maybe he maybe he wouldn't have made such a spectacle the way that Henry kind of does. It's not even really a spectacle. It's just Henry Rollins sort of sticking up for himself, which I can respect and appreciate. Henry Henry's here. Hey, Ray. <laughs> look at him. Look at look at Henry's face. His face gets uh, uh, a bit serious because he knows. <laughs> I, we ain't never met before. No, sir. No, we ain't, have we? All right. You've said silly things, but it acts. He says, you said silly things we've never met before. They're shaking hands. So funny, man. Absolutely good things, too. Yes. <laughs> and you call Black Flag a bunch of suburban rich kids. And you want to How this so badass, dude. This was really I, I got to I got to hand it to Henry Rollins. See how he pulls Johnny Rotten's mic towards him, which is such like a. Again, I hate using this term. You've got to think of a better term. I hate this term alpha. I feel like it's gotten really sort of uh, misappropriated by all these sort of these these doof these doofy goobers. Um, but like this notion of like a, like a confident alpha male, like someone who is true. What do you call it? What, what do you is it, what's another name for it? That's not I don't want to use the word alpha. I hate that word. I hate it. Like the way I hate the word woke. I hate the word alpha, too. So what do we call what do we call someone who's just a, a confident, secure guy who is totally cool being himself, pulls the mic towards him to say what he's going to say. So let's take it back because I can't stop from interrupting and talking. And, yes. <laughs> and you call Black Flag a bunch of suburban rich kids and you want to tear your ears off. <laughs> Eight. And notice how Rotten just wrestles the mic back, you know. But it's just funny how he pulled it close just because he had to say that. He had to. He had to communicate that. He couldn't let it go. And I, man, I wouldn't either. He, that rattled around in his brain. Again, here's a guy, he venerated the Sex Pistols. He loved the Sex Pistols. And here's Johnny Rotten slagging off Black Flag in the press. And now he, he's face to face with him and he's got to say something. And he stands up for, yeah, he's, Thalia, you're right. He stands up for himself. And I respect that. I have nothing but respect for that. I think it's great. And let's just keep playing because there's a lot to go through. Yes, I did, but I didn't like the fucking music. It was boring and unreadable. Well, he's not totally wrong there. You know, there's some, there's some, some of that early Black Flag stuff is great, but you know, the, um, there, there's a lot of Black Flag that kind of loses me as well. You know, I like the song in my head. I like the song. Um, God, what else? Loose Nut is a good song. There's a couple good later Black Flag songs, but mostly a lot of that stuff just sort of, I don't know, kind of gets when it gets really into like sludgy metal, whatever kind of gets lost on me. Uh, so I think I think I get I give a point over to Rotten for that one. But look, at you see Henry raising. Eh, I, I don't like, you know, Mia culpa like that, whatever that you know, just like 
I, I, you got me there. Got me there. That kind of thing. You know, or like whatever, bro. Whatever you think. Why? <laughs> you know, bang, 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 bang. It's like when uh, Sex Pistols came to you, you ain't heard anything that fucking good, and you know it. Right? <laughs> and you could hear every single word clearly. And those words. You want to rebut? Put me. <laughs> In the houses. So for those of you who will be listening to the audio version of this, the, the guy, as you just he said, you want to rebut this because the, 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 the moderator sees what he has on his hands. He clearly sees that he's like, OK, this is this is turning into a, a real shit show, man. <laughs> it's turning into a total shit show. And it's like, how could I pour more gasoline on the fire? I'm going to, you know, uh, let's have Henry Rollins do a rebuttal. And, you know, um, freaking, uh, yeah, Henry, Henry must have held that in for years. Exactly. Alfred Henry. Robbie can't decide whether he dislikes Rotten or Marky more. Um, yeah, but like, like the, the moderator's trying to make, he's trying to make cheese out of that milk. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to get something good out of this. And, you know, Johnny Ron's just going on and on, like, you know, uh, backhand, backhanded insults. Uh, oh, you could hear what we were singing. And look who's just stewing. We don't even see the, um, the singer from L7 anymore. And, and Mark Yermone is just stewing in the corner, waiting, biding his time to interject. We haven't been watching for what Marky's doing. I'm not going to rewind it, but let's keep your eyes peeled for if there's a moment where Marky's going to interject and then sort of hesitates because of, of Rotten. Rotten is just out of control. He's the equivalent of that one dude who's like, you know, those really, really big, heavy dudes who mosh in the pit and it's like the wrong sort of vibe, like in the crowd, like no one wants to mosh. Everybody just wants to watch the show, but you have this one guy who and the guy is always always like 300 pounds and he's just like literally drunkenly pushing his weight around you know what i mean um creating a burden on everybody in 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 his vicinity because he just wants to mosh and just is not reading the room at all you know what i'm saying um that's johnny rotten right now of Parliament under the Traitors and Treasons what? Act, right? Look at Marky. At that time, this is carried a fucking death penalty. So don't, you know, don't talk black what? flag, pink flag, grey <laughs> flag. <laughs> John, John, in the in the interest of fairness, uh, John uh, Henry, what what did the Sex Pistols mean to you? <laughs> okay, this is really cool. Uh, I forgot. See, I forgot about a lot of this. This is good. I'm glad we waited as long as we did because now I can like sort of uh, uh, touch in. By the way, I love all the comments. Keep the comments coming, guys. I want I want to hear everybody weigh in on this. Um, I love that this moderator is my hero, man, because he's just so trying to like make this thing. And as I recall, well, we'll see what Henry, how Henry replies. I remember how he replies. I think it's actually Henry had a lot of class uh, again, proving how much of like a, a confident alpha male he is. Just you'll see. I remember I saw a picture of young John. He's wearing a Pink Floyd T-shirt and on top of the Pink Floyd part, Someone had written, I hate. 
So it says yeah, I someone was me, mate. Okay. <laughs> when I saw that and photo, and I borrowed that shirt to the drama too. I'll, I'll finish in a second. Just so you know. Um, <laughs> I saw that shirt, and I went, oh. And I never thought about music the same again. Yeah, it was a good idea. It was a great it? idea. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like, that's pretty cool. I love that he commented like that. Like, he didn't try and insult him or anything. He quite he clearly spoke from like a very real honest place of like that's where you know uh and how it impacted you know music and that was like the thing that kind of got him into the pistols in the first place you know um and i, I did look at look at henry's smirk here it's just great this is such a great why couldn't we have more moments and this is like again you get annoyed by cell phone video or people you know taking photos or whatever but it's like Without cell phone video, we can't do what we're doing right now. We don't get to revel in in this kind of, you know, hilarity. You know, thirty years ago, this we wouldn't, we would, we might read about this as like a tiny footnote in a rock book, like a rock biography. But because of cell phones, we get to, we get to like, we get to actually hear and read into everything, and it's. It's great. It's great. Thank goodness for technology, right? Guess what? It was such a good idea that I ended up uh, having a really good relationship with uh, uh, the Pink Floyd guitarist. Right? He came up and he went, wow, nobody's ever talked to us like that. <laughs> hey, uh, so, you know, don't yeah. you get Yes, I agree. Henry is Henry is totally having a ball here. He is. And Duff is too. Duff is like Duff is stoked as well to to see. And I feel like when this event wraps, you have Henry and Duff kind of like, you know, um uh sort of going back and forth. Good evening, Rue. Rue is in the house, everybody. Um yes, Duff is over there just loving it. I I agree, Amy. I think he says something as well. It, that's punk, right? <laughs> we don't hate each other. We like open debates. It's and on that note, uh Mr. Varvados, as as I was asking before, what uh Oh hello. What <laughs> what with in the interest of open debate, what 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 were the things, what were your takeaways from this this documentary? Well there's a lot of passion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Marky. Look. Okay, somebody hit. Somebody get rid of the bot. We have a bot in the chat, everybody. Get rid of it. Um, I got so many moderators, it's not even to be believed. We got oh, just regulars. Uh, all the regulars I've turned into moderators, some of them. Um, look at Marky just waiting. Yes, he is. He's like a coiled snake waiting to strike. Look at John Rot Johnny Rotten's face right here, dude. He's just, he's out of his friggin' mind. I think the so. The insanity. <laughs> a lot of angst. As Vivian used to say, uh, fashion is a passion. I yes. remember, but she stole that terminology, didn't she? This is the trouble. Growing up as a sex pistol, you know, with, with Malcolm and Vivian pretending they were the the geniuses above us all. We're just street kids, right? So they'd use all these fashions Look at Marky. statements. Oh, fuck off, man. Johnny Rotten tells it like it is, right? Be done with it, all right? No Malcolm, no Vivian, no bullshit, right? If I'm going to, like, say... He's got a tall boy in his hand. I think he actually said... 
I, I I think that I think that Johnny Rotten said after this that he was drunk because you know his wife is like really sick she has like dementia i think she was already on the downward spiral at this point he's like her caregiver at least that's what he claims and so that that that's what he he claims um he that's what he claims jody says i heard they found traces of blood in rotten's alcohol stream after this yeah he's just he's just sloshed yeah, stoic is stoic is the right way to put it there. Holy crap. All right, let's keep playing. Thanks to good songwriters. You know why I'd look at first Ray Davies and the Kinks. Alright? That would be my culture. I- Iggy said that in the documentary too. Uh, Iggy Iggy gave credit to to uh, to Ray. Yeah, Davies. but I was lying then. Uh, well, what I was wondering What in the what in the hell? I mean, what a circus! Yes, we could go down they the panel here. Loads of money. What, what was? No, you know, no, I'm not. I'm not let's, joking. Yeah. I love good songwriters. You know what it is about Marky? I was like trying to think. Like, here's what I think is going through Marky's head. Marky, I think Marky realizes that if he says something, it's gonna just spiral. It's just gonna turn into a back and forth. And I think he's waiting for I think he's waiting for somebody to sort of call him or he's trying to debate whether he should get involved, or just keep his mouth shut through the whole thing. I think that's what is going through his head. That's what I'm reading from looking at him. Do I actually know? I don't. But th- that, that's what it seems like. He's just not sure whether he wants to jump in. And at the same time, it, it like it's like every moment that there's like a pause of silence, like he can't decide it's like he's ready to strike he is still that that coiled cobra ready to strike but it's also like do i get involved do i not get involved yeah robbie i yeah I, it's it's all it's very convoluted robbie says i can't understand why the f he's even try what do you, what the f he's even trying to convey who knows man all right i'm gonna press play here absolutely and in the 60s the animals so well, like, what, what i want all to, of these fantastic <laughs> things that were precursors john i wanted i wanted to ask everybody you you said that ray davies inspired you let's go down i think yeah okay so when they go down i think that's when marky finally jumps in and marky just waits his he's waiting his turn Henry and Duff and everyone. What was what was the first punk that turned you? What, what turned you on to punk? What was it? Was it a band? Was it a song? Okay. Wait, wait! I need you to redirect that question because you're presuming Ray Davies was a punk. Well, Iggy said that Ray Davies was the first thing is he heard. Is Iggy like that. a punk? Let's I, really. Iggy's is Iggy Pop a punk? Yeah. I think so. How much time did he do in jail? Henry. What? 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 Have some respect for the Iguana King, okay? And he's still around doing it, unlike you. I mean, just like lay off Iggy Stooge, man. I mean, the dude, the, the, the moniker godfather of punk is absolutely rightfully bestowed on him. He is, as he as he sang... On his 2009 French album, Plumiere, uh, he has a song called I'm the King of the Dogs, which was really a sort of full circle. It was sort of full circle because he sang in 1969. He said, I want to be your dog. And by by 2009, 40 years later, he's saying, I'm king of the dogs. Everybody else has died. Everybody else, drugs ate everybody alive. 
and there he is, Iggy Pop. He's still standing, and that was that was twelve years ago, and he's still standing today, like just just the goat. He is the goat. Yes, the MC Five were the were the shiznit as well. Absolutely. Um, Dan says that the crowd is turning on Rotten. Excellent observation. Yeah, I I don't know what what going to jail means. Well, he's probably making a joke about the original definition of what a punk is. If, how much time did you spend in jail? Because back then, in the 60s, if you were a punk, that means you spent some time in jail and you were getting punked. And punked back then had nothing to do with Ashton Kutcher, as we were talking about earlier. So perhaps that is that is what where things are oh my god we're only a quarter of way through jeez louise for the heart of band if you want to get a, was, was there a was there a, a concert Shut up, or a song jealous twat. was there a, a song or a band oh that, that uh, turned you on to punk what was the, what was the moment there's a guy in my neighborhood named roberto burton and he had his ear to the ground he always had the cool records and i was telling him one day at the skate ramp how my Ted Nugent and Steve Miller records were not addressing my young man anger issues. And he said, come to my house, I'm a doctor. And he gave me the Sex Pistols album, the first Clash album, the first Ramones album. He said, return these tomorrow in one piece. And I played them and I went, oh, so that's how it can be. And so there he goes. There's Henry Rollins giving that credit again. I mean, he his 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 introduction to punk rock is the Ramones and the Sex Pistols at the same time. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I mean, you know, Henry has some deep reverence. He, he's got, he went from listening to the Ramones and the Pistols to sitting on a Q&A with them, you know? So it's kind of, that, that, that's got to loom somewhat in Henry's mind, even through the resentment of maybe what Rotten had said about Black Flag in the past, knowing the exact quote from the 80s or whatever. That was my first indoctrination. Then I saw the Clash play Feb 15, 1979 with Bo Diddley opening and standing in, right in front of them. That was a transformative experience. Wow. Having seen Led Zeppelin like the year before. So. <laughs> Amazing. What about you, Duff? What, what, what got you into punk? Uh, it, was, it was the same thing. Pistols record. Uh, class first record. Records. We had, had one. We had records. Yeah. Well, I sent the pistol. They're they're they they revere him. They revere or not revere. I mean, they're like it's like this is the guy from the band. This is the guy from from the Pistols who got me into punk in the first place. He's sitting right next to me. You know that kind of thing. Record. I know, man. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm not. uh, and then this this West Coast thing started to develop. Like in my hometown of Seattle. Yeah. There was the Mentors and the Lude and, and DOA were this band that started a tour. Yeah. And they would come down. And DOA would, became like. Our fucking, there was only like 50 of us, but they were like our kiss. They were everything. And they were, uh, they had this list of like clubs to go tour and they'd pass this list on. And we were all 14 years. And, you know, besides sort of coining the term hardcore, um, which was the name of a DOA album, DOA, along with Black Flag, they were, they established the, the, you know, hardcore punk, you know, independent you know, musician tour routes across the United States that would sort of, you know, they basically paved the way for touring bands, independent touring bands for the next decade, right? 
I mean, everybody, you know, if the Ramones were like the Johnny Appleseeds that kind of like went from podunk town to podunk town and bands are popping up wherever the Ramones are playing, then it's, you know, bands like DOA and Black Flag and then, you know, uh, Minor Threat after that. And like, you know, just all these sort of bands and even the Misfits would would tread that track as well in uh, to a certain extent. You know, the Necros, all these bands are sort of following the route. You know, Henry has a tattoo called, of the Creepy Crawl. The Creepy Crawl was the nickname for the never-ending tour. We're going to Creepy Crawl across the country. And that all can be traced back to DOA. So DOA has uh, its own sort of place. And, you know, I mean, the fact that Duff is speaking on this, again, I was talking about how he kind of, it's kind of weird for him to be on this panel, but like, I guess, you know, his, I mean, his pedigree, his pedigree is there. Um, I don't know who the misfits are. Never heard of them. Never heard of the misfits runner runners dial zero. Don't know. Not familiar with them. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's keep playing this. It's old and my first gig ever was opening for fucking black flag was Ron Ray singing. Uh, and then seeing Dez come in, and then where I, I, I saw that 79 Clash tour before London Calling, uh, uh, people were pogoing, and, and, and uh, a, a yellow-coated security guy punched a pogoer in the nose and broke his nose, and Strummer stopped the show. Wow, and he good. said, there, there's no barrier between you and I, you know, the band and, and the crowd, we're all in this together, and that, that fucking changed everything for me. He's so rude. I mean, he's like talking to John Vervedos while Duff is going on and Duff is, you know, t tipping his hat to Henry, to Henry's band Black Flag as well. Um, Dan brings up an interesting observation. He says, punk for rotten died when the Sex Pistols did. You could tell he has no idea that the bands Duff uh, is listing off outside of the Ramones and the Clash. So that's interesting. Um and yeah, I know. I, I think Johnny, it's like if Johnny's not talking, he's just so, he's just out of it, man. Just totally out of it. And I saw when this guy um, came in for the first time in Seattle, new singer, this new guy from fucking DC, SOA, uh, Henry Rollins. He's going to be the singer. And Des moved to rhythm guitar. And, and I was in the band that actually opened for them that, that night in Seattle. And Henry, I saw him prepare for the show. Like it was intense and it was fucking real and scary and and things were going to happen and i just watched him the whole day like not getting too close because some bullshit might happen and and uh, he might fucking punch me but anyhow henry rollins at this time during black flag henry rollins you know he had he'd been through a war you know in the sense of being in black flag was like being in a war like at least from what i've read you know what I mean? That's right, Joe. Joe says he's a simple man. When he saw Rollins, he friggin' clicked. Good to have you. Welcome to the stream. We're talking about the incident from uh, between Marky Ramone and Johnny Rotten, 2019. But Henry Rollins, like, Henry Rollins was like a, a, a ferocious Wolverine. I mean, he'd been punched in the face so many times, and he had fought with people. You know, he used to carry, check this out, Henry Rollins, used to carry an axe handle not with no axe head 
So like the weighted axe head that like the dangerous part that could split your face open. He didn't carry that. He just carried the handle because it was perfectly balanced for, uh, for one hand. Why? Because, you know, firefighters or axe throwing or whatever, you needed to have a you need to have a perfectly weighted axe handle in order to be in order to use the, the axe with one hand. That, I think that's what it is. I might be getting this slightly wrong here. Point being, Henry Rollins would would take out that axe handle as well as he had a chain. He, he had a chain tied around his waist. He'd take out that axe handle and he'd throw it at people. Someone someone nab this this bot, please. Usher this bot out of here. Um, he would throw that. He, he would throw that axe handle and, and, you know, nail guys, you know, right between the eyes and stuff. So that's kind of like what Duff is talking about when he's talking about Henry and sort of standing back. We've all seen that interview with Henry when he's just having a bad day and he's talking to the dude when he's talking to the dude um, uh, with the rat tail uh, at the interview, 84 interview. Uh, yes, he fought wars on stage. Uh, okay, I did not know this. Um, according to Easy Jesus Co., he says the creepy crawl derives from the Manson family. I did not know that. Um, yes, it was it was Henry's war, my war. That song was actually written by the Duke himself, Chuck Dukowski. All right, let's keep playing. Uh, watching that formation of Black Flag yeah. was uh, another transformative for me. Wow. That's sure. Yeah, that's a great one. See, everything he's saying is absolutely excellent. I agree. And I totally love it. I came from England from a different background, right? With Mm -hmm. different bands. And I don't want to come over as arrogant, and neither does this fella. We're telling you the history of what influenced. Look at look at Henry's face. He's like, I can't believe this is happening right now. I can't believe I'm dealing with this. Um, I can't wait to tell like people about this. He probably called up Ian McKay. Right? He's like, Ian, you never believe what happened. Because those guys are best friends and whatnot. I just like the, the, the ridiculousness of the whole situation. I love this comment by Jody says, uh, nothing compares to Glenn's catcher equipment reused to Falcon Punch Mother Effers. I love that. I love that. Yes. Um, you're right. Influenced <laughs> us. Eh? Oh my God, Marky! Oh, bless every single. Hi, Marky. Hey, Marky. Uh, you want to go? How are you? Yeah, Marky, here it comes. Well, I just want to say that in 1975-74 at CBGB's and of course in Detroit, that's when punk started. For that first Ramones album, punk would not have been solidified. And that was in CBGB's, along with Blondie, the Heartbreakers, and before that, the New York Dolls. And then the Ramones went to England and they started their punk scene. And then the rest is history. And I'm not going to argue about anything. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God we got the music. Okay. Okay. So. So maybe I was again. I haven't seen this since like, I since I watched it with Robbie actually, um, but I don't even know if we got this far. And you know everything I just said before about like is he deciding whether he should say something or not say something? Um, I, I guess maybe that face was him thinking exactly how to to lay it down because 
no matter what you may or may not think about Marky Ramon, everything he just said, he just laid it down. He laid it down. He talked about Detroit, because who came from Detroit? Who came out of Detroit? The MC5 and the Stooges, right? And who came out of New York? All those bands, the New York Dolls, the Ramones. He mentioned Blondie. He didn't even mention, um, he didn't even mention Richard Hell and the Voidoids. You know, the Heartbreakers, all those bands came out. And all of them predate the Pistols. All of them predate any band that was popping in Britain that would not come until, you know, or at least those bands were percolating. The, the, the Pistols first started in 75, right? So the Pistols, yeah, but Bastion. Bastion says the Pistols were from 75 too, though. But the, 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 the Pistols were 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 not even they, they didn't even have a solidified full lineup i think until the end the tail end of 75 and it for basically the pistols were a real band for the year for all of the year of 1976 and the moment that glenn matlock was kicked out of the band unceremoniously in march of 77 that's when the pistols were a a a essentially became like a parody of what they kind of were right but yes as as thor terry says here the ramones the ramones are from were were, were first established themselves in 74 okay so they would already been playing out a year and a half by the time the pistols are, are even getting it together you know and like i said we have the new york dolls 71 to 73 like the, the that was the the classic lineup with the two albums that came out and the dolls sort of you know limped on without thunders and nolan who then form, formed the heartbreakers in 70 75 with richard hell um before so so richard hell formed the voidoids i guess in 76 right from 76 to about 81 right so it's like all these bands and then you, you know the damned the damned put out don't put out a single until 76 you know what i mean so it's like and the stooges the stooges put out funhouse back in 70 you know and raw power came out in 73 72 sorry 72 um so th there was a lot going on you know bowie bowie uh is influenced by the stooges he produces raw power that's happening you have bowie bowie starts you know percolating in in england um uh, no one would ever call bowie straight up a straight up punk rocker but you know a punk adja adjacent you know bowie just sort of Bo bowie was his own genre he just sort of did his own thing you know david bowie was david bowie you wouldn't really i mean yeah you might rattle his name off amongst punk bands and probably find him in a you may find him in a punk glam section but david bowie was his own sort of own sort of animal so that doesn't really count per se towards the the punk thing um formally solidifying in england you know it, it was it started in new york man it, the whole thing started in new york then you know the um the stooges they're hopping up all over the place you, you know the mc5 were not did not spread out the way the stooges did but the the stooges are hopping out all the place you have the dictators formed in 73 you know the dictators were the band that legs mcneil had heard in addition to the ramones and the stooges and some other things and was like this music should be called punk rock you know what i mean that kind of thing um so what's up we got riot stickers in the house that's sharpie riot he's showing his love for the new york dolls 
Uh, this episode is sponsored by RiotStickers.com. You know what? I think actually it's a good time. Let's take our sponsor break right now because what I want to say, number one, is tomorrow night we're doing an episode of live pizza. We haven't done live pizza on this channel in quite some time. Live Pizza is the live streaming version of Pizza Punk, which is our other sort of like interview based podcast where we have guests on and talk about stuff. And we're going to have Sharpie Riot, a.k.a. Josh Grove from RiotStickers.com, uh, talk about being talking about the Ramones. Uh, Joey Ramone used to manage this band called The Independence and The Independence bass player for the last decade or so has been Sharpie Riot from RiotStickers.com. Um, so he's going to come on. He's going to talk about all sorts of stuff. We're going to be talking about the, the riotstickers.com. We're going to be talking about what else are we going to be talking about? We're going to talk about his, his the music, his music career, DIY, all sorts of junk. It's going to be really, really, really fun. Um, and I just want to let you know one last thing. We're going to do a little breaky break here. Super quick. Riotstickers.com. You can see right there. Use the promo code from us for 50 percent off, guys. You're going to get that. You're not going to find a deal on stickers like this. So what is normally fifty nine dollars is only twenty nine dollars and fifty cents that you're going to get fifty three inch by three inch uh, square stickers, vinyl stickers of, you know, for whatever you need, your brand, your your imprint, your your thing. Um, I've worked with Riot stickers in the past. Uh, they print up printed up some stickers for me about 10 years ago. Some t-shirts too, I think. It was great. It was a great service. Independent business that really understands musicians and artists. Um, I know Robbie Bloodshed has worked with Riotstickers.com. I know guys in Darrow Chemical Company have worked with Riotstickers.com. They're really great. Um, so go in the description. Check out the promotional deal. If you need stickers, use the Fremis promo code for 50% off. And real quick, before we return to our featured program and hear the the big fight between Mark Ramone and Johnny Rotten let's play back this video the uh, fun fact the theme song is written by the guy by Lesson Jake how about that All right. Um, so again, check out the link down below. Promo code from us, 50% off. Okay. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. Okay. So so uh, Marky Ramon has just laid down the gauntlet. I mean, laid down the line. Um, basically got to inject his own two cents. And you know what? He's sober. He's measured in his response. 
You know what I mean? He's well-spoken. He's not He's not necessarily slagging off at this moment. He's not slagging off England or anybody else. He's just stating the factual, chronological truth about the musical progression and finishing it off by saying, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Thank goodness for the music. And everybody is embracing it. And that probably really annoys, or I should say pisses off Johnny Rotten, uh, who probably was having some PTSD flashbacks from when he was drinking Johnny's Johnny's uh, homemade lemonade back in 76. Bastian says, but the Ramones are punk rock. That was John Rotten's point in the video. Love both bands to death. Um, New York pioneered the music. England did the clothes. Yeah, but the clothes, the clothes which come from Malcolm McLaren or that whole thing, that aesthetic, that comes from Richard Hell, who Marky Ramone was the drummer for. Richard Hell, that's what the book, PKM, that the title of this book is something that Richard Hell had written on his shirt being held together with safety pins. Malcolm McLaren saw the safety pins and brought it back to his shop on the King's Road and basically, you know, that that fashion sort of jump-started in that way. Jody says, and to know that a three-piece from Lodi were coming to take over, that's right. Um, Terry says, I don't know, though, because the Ramones had punk the punk looked down from the jump. That's true. The pistols took that stencil and played with it. Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> what, what in what it Danzig was in this video and was sitting next to Rollins. I don't know what you, I don't know what you talked about. I know what you mean by that. Um, pistols used clothes from a, a you know what store way too different um easy jesus co says heartbreakers went to england and opened for the pistols mclaren used the heartbreakers as a blueprint on how he wanted the pistols to be well if you listen to just go listen to steve jones guitar playing we've talked about this on the channel before a lot of his tasty licks are just thunders inspired in the same way that bobby Steele's were those little finger rolly things that he does that i mean that's all that's all johnny thunders and he he's sort of copping those moves while touring with the pistols runners dial zero says marky is simultaneously so chill and nice and so salty at all times i've never seen anyone exactly like that it's not passive aggressiveness or anything um mr bloodshed has some shiny new bitchin chinese stickers that's awesome um says rue oh god why does the thing freeze on me i hate it when that happens uh thalia says i loved as a teenager going to city gardens in trenton new jersey to see the ramones many times and rollins and many others uh don't know how i got my mom to drop me off there lol <laughs> um if I wasn't such a Fiend Club member, I'd probably be Jody Ramone. Ha <laughs> I don't know why you're not. I think I'm just going to call you Jody Ramone now. That's you just gave yourself a nickname. Everybody has a nickname on this channel. Rue is Rue Morg. Russell Russell Casualty is Rusty Murdergram. The Snooch says 
Marky wasn't even in the band back in 74 to 78. Yeah, but he was in he was with Wayne County and the Backstreet Boys and he was with Richard Hell and the Voidoids. He played on the Blank Generation. His punk pedigree is just as legit as Johnny Rotten's. You know what I mean? And in a way kind of predates Johnny Rotten's, you know. Um Runners Runners Dial Zero says he uh Marky is not claiming he was in the band at the time though. He says the Ramones, not us or we. Yeah, dude, he he totally does. And you know, uh, Marky is actually really good about that. He does not he will refer to the Ramones as an entity outside of himself in sort of like, you know, tipping his hat to the band that was fully and firmly established before he joined it. And he's never He's always given Tommy the credit that Tommy deserves in in that regard. And so I actually I have a lot of respect for for Marky for doing that. I think that's really cool. Um, the Pistols love the Ramones. They love Thunders. Yes, they did. They totally did. But there was also some rivalry. There was a little bit of rivalry stuff there. And, you know, there was the, there was that 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 lemonade incident I just mentioned. Um Bastian says, agree with the Heartbreakers take, Jeff. To me, they were the first punk attitude band before the Pistols, not the Ramones. You know, I mean, again, the Heartbreakers, the Heartbreakers is Jody Ramone, says Fair Jeff. Um, the Heartbreakers are 50% the New York Dolls or, you know, two fifths of the New York Dolls are in the, the Heartbreakers. Whether and, you know, there's a lot of older punk guys or a lot of old scene guys that like get really annoyed if you call the heartbreakers a punk band they go no it's not a punk band it's a rock and roll band i actually so i knew billy from the heartbreakers i considered him a friend and i worked with billy several times i did a whole hour-long video on billy rath from the heartbreakers you can check it out which includes some of my footage uh talking about that the, the last days of his life and uh you know the bands he was trying to put together and whatnot um, those guys, those guys had the punk attitude without having the label. You know what I mean? It didn't matter. Um, I would love Tommy says, Tommy says, I would love to see fat Mike sitting next to Henry Rollins due to their rivalry. Um, me too, man. I don't even know what the, what is the substance of that rivalry? Could you explain? I just know that they don't like each other, but I don't know why. I don't know what the, the thing that happened was, um, JW says Marky just wanted to make a popularity contest out of this video. I disagree, man. I think Johnny Rotten is trying to hold court and, you know, push a, an agenda that's not really uh not really um sort of acknowledging the the factual history and Marky is Marky is just breaking it down. What's up, Lynn? How you doing? De death always comes ripping, Lynn. Um, uh, you rule as well. Yes. Billy Rath. Check out the Billy Rath video. Um, it's, it's fun. It's fun and interesting. If you are a fan of punk, it's on my channel. It's, I forgot what I called it. Just, just search Billy Rath and it'll, it'll pop up. Rue Morgue says, hell rotten was a Ramones fan along with the other Brits punk scene. The Ramones changed everything. They did. The Ramones changed everything. I have said several times as well that arguably the Ramones are pro after the Beatles, maybe are the greatest influential band of all time. I think, I think in another 10, 20 years, that won't even be a controversial. It's kind of a controversial thing to say maybe now, 
a lot less so than 20 years ago. But I think in another 20 years, everybody will acknowledge that they uh, after the Beatles are just the I would say absolutely the most influential band of all time. One of them, one of them for sure. Top five for sure. I would say top five for now. All right. Come on. Come on, guys. Let's enough with the comments. Let's do this. So let's see. So so Marky has has put it put it down on the table. Let's see what happens now. Yeah, and that's the most important thing. Doesn't matter where it comes from, L.A., New York, England. This is the best music that was ever out there, and it still is. And I just wanna, I just wanna say one thing. It has nothing to do with what was going on over here on the screen. Donald Trump, fuck off. Yeah. That's it. But um, you know. I- There's Marky making a politically punk statement. Um, And we all know how Johnny Rotten feels about uh, the orange popsicle man, the orange creamsicle man. So that that's kind of funny as well. You could maybe call that a dig at him. What are you talking about? Easy Jesus says Marky was there. Of course, Marky was there. We just went over to this. Marky was there, dude. Marky was there as early as 75, man. He just wasn't in the Ramones yet. He, As I said, he played in with the Backstreet Boys and he played with uh, the, the Voidoids, man. He was absolutely, um, he was absolutely there. I mean, the first Pistols album kicked ass. The first Ramones album kicked ass. The first Blondie album kicked ass. The Heartbreakers kicked ass. The Clash. So there was something. Why do you think politics matter? Something. Uh oh, here it comes. He's he was annoyed. He was annoyed because he brought up the orange popsicle man. That's the orange creamsicle fellow. That's the problem. Um, Bastian says here in Argentina, they filled 50,000 capacity arenas. They were like Beatlemania here. Absolutely. And again, I, you know, it's funny. I think now we recognize that. I I, I don't know if it was, uh, I mean, if you, if you watch some of those documentaries, like Ramones raw or end of the century, they talk about a little bit. Yes. The Ramones had a beetle like, um, a Beatlemania like surge in the 90s in south america not in the 80s as much it was the 90s something about the 90s that's when they were offered a million dollars to play south america a single show something like that and after they had they had formally broken up or yet not broken up is not the right word they never broke up they retired the ramones retired and they were offered a million dollars and uh, Marky really wanted to do it, and Joey did not, and they they got into a big they had a big falling out over that. But yes, they were absolutely like the Beatles in South America. Great point. Okay, here's the Fat Mike beef with Rollins. This would make for a good episode. Fat Mike was talking crap about Rollins, so Rollins said he wants to kick his ass. Fat Mike is just like I can talk crap about everybody, so why care? Paraphrasing a little. I'd love to know the the nitty gritty details of that because I feel like it would be really really funny. Um, yes, yes, that's clearly a dig on Marky. I agree. Um, when's the live stream talking about Discord records bands post minor threat like Gray Matter? Would love to hear your thoughts. Um, that's kind of a blind spot for me, to be honest. I, I'm not opposed to it, but I don't think I could provide as much commentary. I, you know, here's the thing about this channel. 
I talk about the things that I feel like I can talk about. Like I try, I mean, in sometimes like, you know, we'll read from articles and I'll, I can kind of BS my way through something, but like in general, I try to only talk about the things that I feel confident that I could provide commentary on. I don't know if I could do that for uh, post minor threat discord bands. I mean, that is a very specific niche that it's an interesting niche for sure, but I, I've never done such a, I have never, I don't know enough about all those bands. You're talking, you're talking about stuff like, like rights, rights of spring, right? Like just all there, there's a lot, there's a lot of discord bands, you know, Ian McKay is a millionaire because of discord records. Kind of crazy to think about that. Um, okay. Let's keep playing. Something for Is there anything in the Ramones that was remotely political? No, we were a fun band. Right we were now. a fun band. We were That's also not true because Joey wrote a song called Bonzo Goes to Bitburg about Ronald Reagan visiting a uh, Nazi cemetery and uh with with nancy reagan wearing a fifty thousand dollar dress and johnny ramone did not like that and made them change the name of the song to my brain is hanging upside down but look at look at commando you know there's it may not be overtly political per se but there's as i've said in the past you know a band politics is not limited to, to to politics it's there's all kinds of politics there's all kinds of politics there's teenage politics there's comic book politics. There's all sorts of stuff that that, you know, you can kind of fit. It's about commentary. You know, it's about commentary. So and yes, it's one of their best. How how ironic that one of their greatest um, later day songs is on it. Again, you can you can judge a, a Ramones fan by how well he loves albums like Animal Boy or Brain Drain. You know, if you like if you like those if you like those albums, if you're listening to Bop Till You Drop or Go Little Camaro Go, you are a true Ramones fan. But it's amazing how like Pet Cemetery and my brain brain is hanging upside down come from the this period in in the band's history where, again, unless you're a hardcore fan, you're not really digging that deep. You know, most people will stick to the first four or five albums. Me, I kind of go all over the place. I, I, I have I have ventured into every sort of album that the Ramones have put out. Um, I definitely like and, you know, J J uh, Joey's voice is subjective. You know, um, he, his voice evolved over the years, even though they were doing the same sort of songs. His voice changed. He, he changed the way that he sang and not for the worse by far. Like it's a really interesting sort of choice that he made um in you know singing on those songs maybe it's because you know just the boredom of 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 singing those songs a particular way over and over and over again do, doing over 2200 something shows let's let's move on wanted really? people to have you fun know, so the thing is so that why, why there's something for everybody and that's what's important you know, was, really? Every band was different. Every band had some to say and some to offer. I love my world, right? That's I'm, the one. F I'm so proud of Marky Ramon. The way that he's representing New York, the way that he's just breaking it down, telling it like it is, you know, and the fact that you know Johnny Rotten just sort of goes on and on and on and never shuts up, much like myself. But Marky Ramon. 
he talks in very sort of, you know, he just says his thing and he speaks with authority and he doesn't need to compete with Johnny Rotten when he's talking. He just talks and his voice naturally pushes out Johnny Rotten's voice, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just really great. It's it's really, really stupendous. The thing I've always known is, and you've always known this about me, don't fucking trust a politician. And if there's anything well, that's worse what I just said, than a fuck politician, it's a businessman. I have another question for let's Danny. Hear, let's hear a girl talk. Come on. That's right. And then like the and then being all gentlemanly, like we haven't heard from the singer of L7 who, uh, you know, much like myself, Marky doesn't know her name. So he says, let's let the girl talk. <laughs> you like you like my you like my Marky Ramon is good. I could do Marky Ramon. I could do. Let me. OK, so here's my Marky. That was my Marky Ramon. Here's my Didi Ramon. Ready? We had nothing to do except sniffing glue. So that's what we did. We just sniffed glue. That's how Didi Ramone talks. And the, Joey, Joey's more like this, man. Hey, you know, it's me, Joey Ramone. That kind of thing. Um, I just love doing impressions, man. Um, I, just love I doing cannot speak. I cannot speak. Danita. <laughs> Yes. Oh, would Iggy, you, you did me, turn up. Would you please tell oh, me how you got into punk? You're Iggy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it. You've had uh, an electrolysis. Um, I just want to say that I came to, uh, I, I knew about the Ramones and the Sex Pistols before I knew about Iggy and the MC5. So, like, as a teenager, those were the two bands that, like, were my youthquake, earthquake, and... Oh, my God, I've just realized... And it was amazing, and... Hang on, Tiger. <laughs> Take it easy, Tiger. Let the broad speak for a second. Yeah. Okay, so... I want you to know I'm a married man. What... <laughs> What was cool when I discovered these bands was like, there was such horrible, horrible music on the radio. It was god-awful. It was the 70s, the mid, mid, late 70s, and it was also boring and like over 30s music. It was just terrible. And then when I heard the Ramones, I was like, oh my god, this is like for teenagers. Oh, it's speaking to me. It's teenage. It's fun. I want to dance to it. And then when I heard the Sex Pistols, I was like, I am fucking terrified of this band, and I love it. So you know it was like the sex pistols and x-ray specs so it's amazing how everybody except for marky for for the reasons we stated before i'm not going to go over them again everybody who's on this panel on this q a has reverence for the sex pistols for obvious reasons because the sex pistols that album was so huge and important and you know it was in, as inspiring and it was influential just like the ramones were but the Ramones came first, and the Ramones also inspired the Sex Pistols. Jo Steve Jones talks about playing along to the first Ramones album to try and learn how to be a better guitarist, okay? Like, there you go. I mean, that, that doesn't get more... So before, as they're coming up with their song, those songs, those, those, those Bullock songs, the songs that are on Nevermind the Bullocks, they are they are refining themselves you know as musicians and steve jones is doing it to the ramones 
So there you go. Ramones and Thunders. I can't, by the way, I saw someone ask me to do a Thunders impression. I can't. I can't do Thunders. So, no, I can't do it. I can't. I, I don't got it. I don't got it. But I can do, I can do DD. No, um, uh, like you know what you know it's funny when you're doing an impression it's like the impression is connected to a word or a sentence that you have to just say that over and over again to like get into the impression so you have to like so for Didi, it's always we had nothing to do except sniff glue you know uh you have to like just sort of use that as like a way to like slide into the cadence a little bit um that's interesting. Dan says, I feel like they're all minus Marky trying to bail out Johnny Rotten. I don't see it that way, or at least I didn't see it that way, but I could, I see why you would think that I know it, it makes sense. They kind of are for those, for that specific reason, or it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, they, it's almost like begrudgingly like here they are talking about punk and here's the guy from the band that they all have this, reverence for and he's just like making just a complete you know like like ass out of himself you know um it's not easy yes x x-ray specs are awesome polysterethene i am not a cliche bondage up yours it's great it's really really great they had such stuff to say and the Ramones and Blondie and the B-52s. Let's not yeah. forget yep. that. B-52s. And, you know, that was like super fun and youth. So that's what my take on it. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have to say, now they're competing right now. They're competing for for the uh you know uh, who could be who who can you know they're competing for the, the 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 spotlight and it's amazing how marky ramon can just do that he just he he just has such dominance with his voice it's great he's not even trying he's not even trying he's just speaking over johnny rotten so effortlessly yeah. Wow, that, that has is exactly dead right. Like that love. you have to understand. Look at Henry; he's like, when is this going to be over? Seven and seven is. We seven had and seven variables. Is. Talk, talk, music machine. Seven and seven is by Arthur Lee. Yeah. Those band, th those songs, were definitely the precursor to all this stuff. You know, and in my opinion, of course, again, oh. the Kinks, all day and all the night. You really got me, and and that heavy guitar sound. And Mar Marky is happy. Marky is happy to um, sort of just spread it around, you know, and like tip, uh, you know, tip his tip his hat his hat where his tip his hat where his where it's due, you know. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I can't do Billy Raff, dude. Um, oh here we go. Uh, 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 Jody Jody Ramone says, Jeff, I think of Dee Dee saying about Amps Noise, we could blow this place apart if we wanted to. Um, <laughs> uh, what is a deek? Noodles. I don't know what a deek is. Are you talking about a geek? A deek? What is a deek? saying Marky is a known deke 
What does that mean? And that's that was punk to me. And every band had at least one or two songs in the 60s that had a punk element to it. Nowadays, even the Ramones did it. Even the uh, the Pistols did it. They did 60s covers of so of songs, and <laughs> because they had great great hits, they had good stuff then. Fuck so we Ramones it up, and we did. Do you want to dance? Shut up, Let's I dance. <laughs> He's so mad. He's so freak. Uh, 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 look how look how mad Rotten is getting, or, or irritated. He's just so irritated. I can't. Billy Cogan. Billy Corgan. Is it um <clears throat> tonight 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 tonight? I, I I don't know any I don't know any Smashing Pumpkins song. Oh. Despite all my rage, I'm still just rotting the cage. I guess that's the closest I can come to Billy Billy Corgan. Um. <laughs> Yes, everybody. He's obvious that he's sloshed. Um, everyone in the panel knows he's wasted. Um, Marky was selling pasta sauce. I asked him if he was Jewish. He got mad. Why? Why would you ask him if he's Jewish for selling pasta sauce? I'm just curious. And why would he get? Why do you think he got mad if you asked him if he was Jewish? Um, I bought some of his pasta sauce. I said that earlier in the stream. But yeah, why why did you ask him if he was Jewish out of curiosity? What does that have to do with anything? Um, <laughs> uh, the respect, the respect, they respect who he is. It's the reason he's getting away with his obnoxious drunk drunkenness. Yeah, you're right. You, you are right. Kosher sauce. But noodles, I'm very confused. Why are you calling it kosher sauce? And why did you ask Marky Ramon if he was Jewish? As much as I need... <laughs> as much as I need to meet Jeffrey Murdergram for the culture, I will be doing a sign language so he never knows my voice. <laughs> what? I don't get it. Um, I admire Marky freaking Johnny as being an a-hole. Yeah, he totally was. He totally. Uh, you were wondering if he made a kosher sauce or if he just looked over the fact. I don't know what you're. What are you insinuating? What What do you mean by that? Wondering if he made a kosher sauce or if he just looked over the fact. Why would you ask him if he was Jewish? I, I just don't get it. Why Why would you? What is What does kosher sauce have to do with anything? Like, what does that mean? I'm just curious to know. I'm just trying to understand what it is exactly you're saying. Because I'm not sure at all. Um, so if you want to clarify that, please. Yes, that was a huge story in this book. Uh, Easy. Easy Jesus Co. is referring to a story that was in PK, uh, PKM. That happened. With the, it was Stiv Baders. Dee Dee Ramone and Johnny Thunders were trying to start a band together. And um, Johnny Thunders stole, or at least... Dee, Dee thought that Johnny had stolen his jacket. I think he did. And he like destroyed his guitars and poured bleach all over his clothes. Dee, Dee did that. Dee, Dee freaked out. This happened in in Paris. Um Oh, I see what you're saying about the about the thing. Um you have rabbinical friends. I wanted to buy it for them. Why is it a big deal to ask? Oh no. I I don't know. 
I don't know why. I just don't understand why being what being Jewish had to do with selling pasta sauce, or why you would ask him if he was Jewish and wanting to know if the sauce was kosher. I just didn't understand what you were saying. Um. So yeah. Stone, fuck stepping stone, stepping stone, don't talk stepping stone. You play, you did step. I need stone. no cover of stepping no. stone. Yeah, and stepping stone. He's like straight up, like bro, you covered stepping stone. Like you know what I'm talking about. This was an influence. Like it's so friggin' funny, dude. Um, so funny. Turned. Okay, all right, no, it's great. Okay, don't argue with me. I'm not the enemy, okay? So punk. <laughs> you're a Johnny come lately. Yeah, okay. No, you're a Johnny come lately. Oh, he threw it right back. You're a Johnny come lately. No, you're a Johnny come lately. Um, and he's referring to the fact that he was the second Ramones drummer, but neglecting what we've been saying here all night that Freaking dude played on Blank Generation, which is a seminal punk record from New York, from the New York scene. Okay, it's it's a huge, it's a huge, huge record. Runner, you are so right. He is owning Johnny, wiping the floor with him, in my opinion. Hey, if it wasn't for the fucking Ramones, you'd be no way. You'd be fucking doing fish and chips somewhere. Said the group. <laughs> And notice how he says, if it wasn't for the Ramones, he's not saying if it wasn't for me, he's not talking about himself per se. He's saying if it wasn't for the Ramones, you know? Um, so yeah. <laughs> Listen, I love the Ramones. Yeah, you love the Ramones. But I love okay. status quo more. Uh, good for you. <laughs> I, I, I believe you. I, I, have a qu I have a question over I here. I believe you. Look at he Henry is just reveling in it, man. He's just reveling in it. For Danita. I have a question for Danita. Uh, All right. Yes. I'll take it. In the, in the, in the doc, there, there was, there was uh, Joan uh, Jett talking The problem about with this runner, agenda is that he's propagating, I, I have a and he's Danita. not even an original Ramon, but he's propagating well, well, this idea. Now Marky's pissed. Now now he's gotten under his uh, scalp. <laughs> he's not happy. He's not at rightfully so. Mark, I would be I would be mad. I, I would be mad as well. You know, um, he, he's just he he's he's pretty pretty mad. Yeah. But I did the Blank the Generation the album with Richard Hell. Now Marky wants to prove his punkness. Before he was so cool, calm, and collected. That's what really got to him. It was it was that comment about not being original Ramon that is is annoying. Yes, I agree, Isak. I agree. That was his nuclear option was to just go there about him being a second Ramon, uh, a set the second drummer. You know. You took his image, and all you guys took Richard Hell's image. That's all you right, which is true. That's what I was just saying from the book. So he he drummed for Richard Hell, and they just took Richard Hell's image, and then you know, British punk was born out of that. And you know who's the, who's the one guy who's quiet about all this stuff? Richard Hell. You never hear from. Actually, I just heard from Richard Hell the other the other week. Um, 
who I tried to get on my show and he was very polite and said, I'm kind of all interviewed out for the foreseeable future. Good luck with your show. And I said, Oh, thank you for your consideration. That was it. But still cool to have any kind of correspondence with Richard Hell. But yeah, I mean, he's right. You, the, the, the remote, the, the Sex Pistols did take that look came from. And is that is that John? Is that Johnny Rotten's fault? No, it's Malcolm McLaren coming in and trying to turn it into a whole sort of thing. You know what I mean? Did the, the thing? Yeah, and you're still covering you're, your you're fucking talking ears. That's all you yeah. fucking did. Oh, ouch, ouch. You heard that comment. Richard Hell's in this. They did the Blank Generation album, and that's all you did. All right. That's all you did. And He's talking about that you did that one album. That's all you did. Vicious was the star. That's right. He was the star of He was the best. He was great. Idiots like he was great. Enjoy your he drugs, ass. Fucking have a happy he kicked ass. So to, to conclude, and Glenn Matlock wrote all the songs. I, so. Okay. And Mark, I dare you. Glenn Matlock did write all the songs, and he was the guy who was kicked out of the band for liking the Beatles, and yet he's the only guy. You know, the Beatles, the greatest songwriters that ever friggin' existed, right? <laughs> like. M making all these interesting songs, or at least the basis for all these interesting songs. Yes, Rotten may have written the lyrics, but Matlock was the primary songwriter, you know? Um, yeah. Oh, you've never seen this, Runners? You should have watched it without our commentary. We're just going on and on. We're interrupting it. You should have you watched it without the... Uh, watch it without us talking. Oh. Ah. Where's Glenn Matlock? Let's uh, let's end this. Where is Glenn Matlock? Where's Glenn Matlock? Come on. What I want to propagate here, so you all completely understand, <laughs> punk music for me was positive, proof positive that we could change our lives by music, meaning what we said. Attack the political systems. Now he's just ranting and raving. Ranting and raving. What's up? Dagger Love is in the audience. How you doing, Dagger? Hope you're well. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I would I would disagree, Bastion. I the one album the the never mind the Bullocks is not the best. It's got great music, don't get me wrong, some great songs, but it's not the best, dude. Uh, actually, I'd probably say the Ramones self-titled is probably no. I don't. I don't know if you can. I, I don't know what you would qualify as the the best. You know. Um, yeah, he. I mean, Marky did the most time in the band, right? He was besides Johnny and Joey. He was in the band the third longest, and he did the most shows after those two guys. You know, because Dee Dee left. Although Dee Dee did a ton of shows with the Ramones. I don't know. I don't know who did more shows, if it was Dee Dee or Marky, but it's probably neck and neck close. You know, um, maybe Rue. Do you know who who probably did more shows, Dee Dee or, or, or Marky? Rue is a big, um, Rue is a big Ramones fan. This daft cunt. How hey, come you, wait, wait. Is in the fucking drug. Hey, you. You. You talk the talk. Look at them. Look at them. Just 
really get it. And John Barbados is just right in the middle of this stuff. Ready? Meaning what we said. Attack the political system. I rewound it. This daft cunt. Right. How come you... Wait, wait. Is yeah, it your fucking you drugs? Hey, you. No, you. No, no, you no, talk no, the no. talk, but you didn't do the walk. All right. Let's uh, you talk the talk, but you didn't do the walk. And we can't see Henry Rollins' face or Duff right now. Um, and Danita from L7 is just like, whatever. I'm just going to just sit here. Um, but they're just, it's just full, full fury. The filth of the fury is flying this. Uh, I'd say this beats, uh, what's it? The Bill Grundy, Bill Grundy show. I think this beats the bill, the Bill Grundy show. Oh. The MC5. Hello. Johnny never <laughs> did the walk. He, he didn't, he did the, he uh, just talked. He didn't do the walk. He went down the street protesting <laughs> like the MC5. Well, look at your fat. You look like right? heavy metal fucking uh, Whatever the fuck, right. okay? A, Sit the fuck pause. down. This. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> oh my God. Then he said something about his flab or something. What was he saying? I don't know what the hell he was saying. Um, Wow. Okay. Rue says that he believes Marky has more miles than Dee Dee, which would make sense because by then, by the 90s, the Ramones were their their touring schedule was like a well-oiled machine. And, you know, for the first two years of the band, they weren't playing the amount of shows that they were playing towards the end of the band. So I would imagine that Marky probably caught up to Dee Dee um, com comparatively because they were both in the band for the same amount of years, roughly. So we said Marky was in there for about 15 years, right? Well, no, six. Hold on a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Marky. No, no, right. He wasn't. Um, Richie came in for, for a few years. So Marky was there for about 15 years total. And Dee Dee left in 89, I think. Yeah, he left in 89. He was also there for 15. So they were both in the band each for 15 years. I, yeah, I would imagine Marky did more shows than uh, than Dee Dee. Yeah, LMA, L-A-M-F, Like a Motherfucker, is a phenomenal, phenomenal album. And someday I'll tell you all about hanging out with Billy Rath and Lee Black Childers, the manager of the Heartbreakers at Lee's apartment uh, about 12 years ago. That was really cool. Um, never press play. But... Is ah. So punk rock, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> This is fucking punk You want it? You right got here. it. <laughs> Unpolished, oh, no, unrehearsed, oh, off Denise. the fucking rail. Denise, yeah. Denita, I wanted to ask you, just in the interest of wrapping up, what's, what gives you... What gives me the what, right to be up here? What gives you hope for punk? What, what punk has been inspiring you? Uh, Let's see what, what gives me hope for punk is that people still get really pissed off about stuff and uh, and yet people can still laugh yeah. at people getting you know upset uh, and and it's it's a good time i'm sorry that all time. ended up in a fiasco but a fiasco you mean the the perfect the, the perfect crazy punk theater that you could ask for Yes, it's too bad. Rue's Rue. You're right, man. It's too bad that Iggy was not there. It would have been so awesome. Iggy probably would have would have ripped his shirt off and jumped into the crowd. 
What would have Iggy popped up? Iggy would have just sat there, I think, and just sort of smirked. I don't think he would have. He wouldn't have weighed in on that. He doesn't. I don't. Iggy doesn't care. I don't think Iggy gives a crap. To be honest with you, um, from what I've seen of him in press and radio and stuff, he'd probably have the. He'd be sitting with Henry Rollins, just sort of like in like in awe of the whole situation. Hello, that's what punk music is. All right, I'm gonna like, let's ask the next Duff. What what gives you hope for? You instigated it. Are there any bands right now that are really inspiring you that are punk? Like what? You know, I saw JW. I saw you think this guy's the worst interviewer, but he's trying his best, dude. I mean, how could anybody control Johnny Rotten and Marky Ramone fighting? It, it is what it is, man. It is what it is, and he's doing his best to sort of uh, navigate it. And he had some good, he sort of got this whole thing started a little bit earlier with Henry and, and Johnny Rotten, so it was kind of, it was cool. It was cool. Um, no, Pete, Pete Damian Marshall, guy from, Pete from Sam Hain, is not still jamming with Iggy. He, he made his exit right as the Stooges reunited for Skull Ring, Iggy's, Iggy's solo album that's also a Stooges record, the first Stooges record reunion. Um, and uh, Pete told me that he was in the running, that he was under consideration as well to play bass and Mike Watt beat him out. Mike was, was Ron Ashton's guy. Cause they had been performing a set of Stooges songs and Pete was Iggy's guy. And it was a matter of, you want, are we going to use your guy? Or are we going to use my guy? And so Pete did not get the gig, um, which would have been awesome. But I, you know, when I spoke to him, not too long ago, I was like, you know, you still played on a Stooges record. That's how you have to think about it. Because he wrote songs with Iggy. He wrote a song called Blood on Your Cool, which is a really cool song. So if you want to hear what uh, a song by Iggy Pop and Pete from Sam Hain sounds like, just listen to Blood on Your Cool off of Skull Ring. And um, I said to him, I was like, dude, you you still got you didn't get to do the tours and you didn't get to play on the the reunion albums which is a bullet dodged if you ask me but um you did get to play on skull ring and that essentially is a half of a stooges record so it's pretty cool it's pretty pretty cool what gives you hope for punk stuff? What, what, what's that? What, what punk? What punk music is inspiring you right now, Duff? Um, well, I, I'm, I'm lucky to have two daughters, 21 and 18, who turned me on to whatever the fuck is new. Uh, I love the horrors. I love my daughter's band, Pink, Pink Slips. Uh, death grips. Um, there's yeah. a lot of energy. I go to these fucking shows in in, uh, in Echo Park in downtown, and and I got to go see an old cruster last Saturday. Walter Lure play Heartbreaker shows. It was fucking great. Um, but uh, I also had the pleasure of interviewing Walter Lure as well as Billy Rath, and that interview was not seen the light. We've talked about this before, but I just want to interject that because. Fucking Walter Lewis is the man. You know, there's a whole new youth movement who uh, are doing. Oh, oh no! I think Johnny was alluding to, and the things that I experienced watching Henry and watching all my heroes, and and seeing Iggy as a fucking young kid, um, and and the pistols were so fucking exotic. Talking about the songs were about political things. I had no idea what 
you know, who the queen was or any of that shit, but it opened me up to all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. To, to look into it. And so did Stiff Little Fingers when my mom came into the bedroom. Great band. Uh, I was Great band. Stiff Little Fingers and, and Suspect Device. And, 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 uh, Suspect Device. And we're Irish family. And she, these boys are going through the troubles. And uh, Suspect Device is... Inflammable material planted on my head. I had a suspect device that left 2010. <laughs> All the problem. They put up the great band. Great band. Go listen to the song Wasted Life. Um, talks about not wanting to fight for the military. Really great. Really, really great band. Great song. It's a, it's a bomb. Yeah. And um, yeah. anyhow, so uh, there's, a, uh, there's a great in Los Angeles and in Seattle, there's great young punk rock or, or whatever. Somebody alluded to on the on the d- documentary. I think it was Henry. Like they did, there's no, it's not genre specific. It's just a bunch of bands with a bunch of different ideas, dropping hip hop beats or not, or, or just. That is so, and we've we've said that on the channel as well, dude. It you know, it, original rock and roll was punk. Just people going out there and doing stuff with different ideas. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be genre specific. It doesn't have to sound like Blink-182 to be punk. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what you have now. Finn McKinty from the Punk Rock NBA. He talks about this all the time. He talks about like how what you would consider punk would not be punk today. And, you know, the SoundCloud rappers that are recording on four tracks in their bedrooms making music. That is like, you know, punk, anything that, you know, any music that if you listen to it, if it's the music of the youth and you listen to it and you go, what is this loud garbage noise that sounds awful? That's probably punk and you just don't realize it. You know what I mean? Like it's not meant for, it's not meant to be ingested by old people, you know, like, like old people are not going to understand it. That's the better way to put it. Old people are not going to understand it the way that young people are going to understand it. That's what I mean. Playing fucking straight up punk rock. Or writing great songs, and and I get to see it through my daughter's. You know, I get to go to these shows. That's great. Hey, Henry, 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 is there any really fucking good this fellow? There's there's a lot of. The point being, the point (laughs) being how different we all are. Absolutely. And you must not forget that that we have never ourselves as. I mean, Henry does it. He's just like he's like this is frustrating but whatever it's just gonna let him be be a dingus look at his face look at henry's face like he is just so constipated and just has to take a giant dump and just can't spans viewed each other in competition this is something that prius created for us (laughs) come on see here baby i haven't got a job well, let, let's let's end with my it. job Henry. is to educate you. Let, let let's end with. I can't let, hear let's, you. Stop let's shouting just, like a fucking Marxist. Let's just when you come in <laughs> and talk. Let's let Henry. Nah, 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 nah. That's not it's how done. debate is. Done. Stop it. Yeah. You know I love your tits. All right. Oh, Henry, what? Oh, come on, come on, John. Do you want to? Do you yeah, want to if, 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 that was if, if I can have like just 20 seconds. Um, what, one of the best things that's happening in punk rock right now is you have a lot of women in bands. 
and uh, a lot of bands in Australia that are worth checking out. There's a great band called BB and the Blips, and uh, a band called the Cable Ties, and they have fantastic angry women singers. And uh, there's a, a great Australian metal band called High Tension, and I believe the singer is by way of Taipei or Singapore ends up in Australia or maybe she was born there they are fantastically powerful and to hear this woman like rip her vocal cords out per song go online you can listen to high tension right now they're fantastic so there's a lot of uh, women coming to the front there's a great band in LA you should see them whenever you can to call see it the CIA see that's the thing that I this is why I love Henry Rollins because the dude is just he's got his finger to the pulse at all times he's such a voracious consumer of music he loves music so much he's always he's listening to the the coolest stuff you know what i mean or he's always listening to cutting edge music and and all different varieties too it's just so it's i i could sit and listen to henry rollins talk for hours and hours and i have i've gone to see him spoken word thing twice and uh listened to all of his albums and stuff i just i i really enjoy henry uh henry Rollins. and his, if you haven't checked it out go check out his podcast he had a podcast with his assistant slash manager slash person henry and heidi and he tells a bunch of his stories he's supposed to be writing a book and he couldn't do it so uh heidi was trying to like record all these stories or something i don't know it's supposed to like jog him to like write a book and the, he did it he did it for they did it for a while they would release an episode every once in a blue moon and when they did oh my god yeah if you ever want to hear a messed up story at, go seek out henry rollins story two henry rollins stories one we're definitely going to cover on this channel and that's henry rollins versus iggy pop and that's a great story i don't even know how we could cover it because you just should just watch it and there's nothing for me to interject it's just henry rollins telling the story as a matter of fact i don't even know how i would we would do a show on that because you just this you could talk about because there's a lot of stuff you could fill in but that is just him telling that story and the other story is what happened with his roommate joe cole um his roommate was was murdered it, it, horrendous horrendous situation henry almost died as well uh, joe cole is his name yeah joe cole um very sad very 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 sad yes i agree dagger dagger says uh, johnny is in oh johnny i thought you meant i was going to say uh henry is in rare is in rare form right now he's saying johnny is in rare form meaning that he's so drunk that he's usually polite to get it um in any case and that would be uh danae siegel on vocals and she's fantastic so a lot of good punk rock is happening and lastly just mr varvados uh, what gives what gives you hope for punk after doing this coming out of this is there all this crazy shit it never ends that's what's exciting you know <laughs> never gonna end I want all right. to understand uh, the love of my life Nora me she has Alzheimer's <laughs> no not me no no all right my Nora has Alzheimer's so when she rings I have to answer all right you understand well, that? so Johnny Rotten at the end of the broadcast has to like straight up he has to straight up go he has to say hey um the reason oh the reason why i picked up my phone is if anybody cares because nobody cares um i have to i have to see my wife uh, i have to talk to my wife nora because she has alzheimer's or, or i thought it was dementia i guess it was alzheimer's which is very sad and you know rotten definitely has problems surrounding the trauma from that for sure 
isn't an excuse for his behavior. No, definitely not. But, you know, he's a very polarizing guy. You either love Johnny Rotten or you don't like him. I don't. I feel like there's nothing in between. That's not true. I'm kind of in between because I can find him to be in. Here's the thing. I, I like Johnny Rotten to an extent, but I also find him to be absolutely insufferable. Like right now, he's he's in he's insufferable. You know what I mean? Um, but there, he's definitely said some interesting and insightful things before he became a, a crazy conservative nut, um, you know, and yes, that's right. Yeah. Marky looks pissed off, but Isak says, yeah, the audience size and frustration every time he interjects is just, you know, it was funny for like the first 10 minutes, but now it's just like, it's just goes on and on. And it's just dragging on and on the way i'm dragging this video on and on this stream where we have about a minute left here yes and secondly and most importantly with which henry was making a point of about early punk my granddaughter was the lead singer of the slits and don't you ever forget that band that's the best all-time all-girl band so don't give me no shit all right. Well, we're going to end there. Thank you all so much for coming out. Appreciate it. Uncle Nora's daughter. Oh, shit. God damn it. Uh, Nora's Nora's daughter. That was John. John Rotten's Johnny Rotten's stepdaughter was the lead singer of the slits. And yes, she uh, ended her life. And um, she wasn't too much. I mean, Nora is much older than Johnny Rotten. So she's not. The, the the his stepdaughter uh, who's no longer with us was not too much uh younger i mean or johnny was not too much uh older than she was that's the best all-time all-girl band so don't give me no shit all right well we're gonna end there thank you all so much for coming out appreciate it punk will be on epics march 11th it's been a it's been a trip and there you go. That's that is the so that's it, you guys. We somehow pulled a twenty-four minute video into two hours of talking. That's what we do here on the channel so well. Did you enjoy this tonight? Was this fun? Should we do more stuff like this? Like the right kind of videos? You know, punk videos or punk interviews and just sort of it has to be something that can be interjected, otherwise What's the point of doing a commentary? You can't do a commentary on something that's not, you know, where you can't weigh in on it. Like I said, if you have Henry Rollins talking about telling stories about Iggy Pop, we just rather I would just rather hear Henry Rollins tell the story. But this is something where it's like, you know, you're not really sure what's going on, especially if it's the audio version. It makes sense. So I don't know. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. I see we see, we see some comments about enjoying enjoying this. Maybe we'll find a way to make it not so long, though, in the future. I'm going to do a poll. I'm going to do a poll on YouTube and see if if people agree. <laughs> Jody Ramon has left the building. Peace and hair grease. <laughs> I love it. Guys, we got some shows this week. We got. Um, I'm glad to hear that, Walter White. That always makes me happy. Um, so tomorrow night is live pizza with the founder of RiotStickers.com and also the bass player for The Independence. Uh, Wednesday, we have the streaming evil live show like we always do. And I'll talk about that. We also got a, oh, we got a package for Mr. Bloodshed. Nice care package here. Oh, I don't want to flash that. Shouldn't have flashed that. 
crap. Um, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, and what else can I tell you? Uh, just, you know, make sure you like, if this is your first time joining us, please make sure to subscribe, like, leave a comment. Um, you know, we also have a Patreon, brand new Patreon video coming on December 23rd. Uh, if you are a fan of the misfits you are going to love this patreon video i think you'll really enjoy it so make sure you join us keep keep oh, and then on thursday we do sinful celluloid as well although i think we've migrated over to chris's channel chris has a channel called sinful celluloid so i think we're going to be doing it over there i'm not sure i got to talk to him about that in any case uh peace and hair grease check out the patreon right here Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full time. I want this to be my full time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it gonna be successful? I don't know, but I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full time, uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> so right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee, but it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. Oh. <laughs> The YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind-the-scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates, that subscribes. That's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.